Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome, everyone. The Bastards are back for this midweek edition of the podcast. We are now part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. The Red Sox just wrapped up a two-game set, a rained-shortened two-game set against the Toronto Blue Jays, sweeping the series two games to nothing. They are currently, I dropped the ball on this one, either a full game ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays, could be a game and a half. Do you guys have that? My pants are on the ground. I forgot to check. But nonetheless, leading the American League East still over Tampa Just a quick disclaimer, as always, for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and, at times, savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, Let's get rolling. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Lewiston, Maine. You can harass me on Twitter at CushmanMLB. You can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Co-hosting with me tonight from the mile-high city of Denver by way of Quincy, Massachusetts, Andrew Dwan. Andrew, how are you? What's going on? Flying high after the sweep. Couldn't ask for anything more than that. Finally, first series win since Oakland was, which was right at the beginning of the month. Yeah, that it was kind of weird because you know every game, every series they started off great, then just kept dropping them. They they definitely had an opportunity to put some teams away going to the All Star break, but they're keeping it entertaining. Yeah, certainly has. And, uh, you know, we're going to be getting into a lot of uh, trade talk, especially in the next episode, Deep Dives. Might touch on some stuff uh, in this episode as well, but some false alarms earlier with some minor leaguers getting pulled from games. Turns out it was only injury-related, at least as far as we know. It looked like Hugwatch. They're denying it, but... I don't know. That seems to be way too much of a coincidence where some guys on the back end of your 40 man roster all just happen to go out at the same time. I, I don't know about that one. Yeah. There's a little smoke there. So we'll be monitoring, uh, you know, this is taped for the morning commute on Thursday, but we might, uh, wouldn't be the first time we had some breaking news on the show. I remember the Steve Pierce trade we learned, uh, as we were recording that, and that ended up paying huge dividends. Whereas when we broke that news, we were like, eh, Steve Pierce. Yeah. So uh, also joining us tonight, kind of coming off the bench tonight uh, in place of Job Goddard. Charlie Smith is with us coming from Providence, Rhode Island. How are you, Charlie? I'm doing great, man. I'm wearing my uh, my standard attire when the Red Sox win. I can't complain. I yet again for the fourth series in a row. For those that are curious, yes, I'm topless. For all you <laughs> lovely people out there wondering, Terry gets a kick out of it every time. Uh, Andrew's pretty shocked, but it's okay. We'll get through it. Uh, I was the only one that said that we were going to win two games in this series. 
And let me say, I think I was shocked when uh, when I saw that many home runs leave the park. And for, for Hunter Renfro to not hit just one, but two, and one of them was the grandbaby of them all. So it was just an absolute uh, like smoke show. Uh, these guys absolutely mowed down Toronto, and it wasn't even close. It just was an absolute just lawnmower job it was insane (laughs) and you can find me at smith underscore mlb this has been an exciting week for me and all sorts of weird people that have crawled from under their rocks but an absolute work job here speaking of mowing summer is here are you ready to unveil your beach bod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0. Complement your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com. For 20% off and free shipping, include the code FANSIDED20. Again, that's for 20% off. Manscaped will even throw in two free gifts to their performance, excuse me, performance package 4.0. Uh, those include Manscaped boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. And again, get 20% off with free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with, again, the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. So let's just kind of set the tone for the series. Buffalo's a launch pad. Are you guys happy we're not going back? I mean, was that was that was that baseball we watched for two games? All things were equal. No, I, I mean, that was that was ridiculous. You know, they almost built their team around it. It's like when the Colts would always have a fast team inside their dome, and now Buffalo has all these sluggers that can hit in a bandbox. Now that that was absurd. That's an outlier. They've been doing it all this uh, this all year too, going back to uh, Florida, which was might might have been even smaller and played even you know more up to their strength. So I, I am so happy to go back to Toronto. It's a real ballpark. We won't have uh, rainouts either. They got the retractable roof, so I. Bring me to the old stadium. They're going to have their fans. It doesn't matter to me. I, I'm so sick of playing in that Little League ballpark. Yeah, it's weird when your max capacity is like 18 and you've like hit threshold just six minutes into like letting customers come in uh, or your guests come in. Um, I'm, I'm with Drew on this one. It just it feels weird. It felt like a spring training game. It did not have the same feeling. Was it nice to see Home Run Derby a couple days after the actual Home Run Derby? Absolutely. It's always fun when it's your team slugging and not getting slugged away. Uh, It was nice because the last time that we faced a team, actually it was Toronto, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, where we just got cracked. 
Um, this was a nice little showing, a nice little sign, uh, and great all-around job. You know, reality will start to settle back in for uh, all the teams that get to face Toronto, but I'm happy to enjoy the high. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Yankees series, which unfortunately was a little bit ugly. We only scored six runs that whole series. And then by the end of the first inning in game one, the Red Sox had eight runs on Toronto and just one inning after compared to 27 innings against the Yankees. So started off hot. Jaron Duran got that party started with a two run bomb. That was the Nick Pavetta start. Uh, game two tonight, uh, a little bit, a little bit toned down, a little bit. <laughs> Seven to four, Red Sox won. That was with Garrett Richards on the mound. So needed two wins, got two wins, stayed in the division lead. So let's just go ahead, get right into studs and duds. Andrew, your stud for the series. Well, leading off the studs and duds is our newfound leadoff man who's just taking that uh, role and run with it, and that's Kike Hernandez. He had five hits and nine at-bats, and they were all big hits. Three home runs. This guy was a man possessed. When they needed runs on the board, he gave it to him, and he's setting the tone for this lineup, and that's something that was missing in the first half. He was great all around, just like defensively, but and in the first inning – hitting but after that he really wasn't giving you much but he he's turned into a different player and now he is a top 25 guy in the league in terms of war he's pushing jv martinez uh for i think the 24th spot which i don't think anyone saw coming um when he signed for i think only six and a half this year so i i love what i'm seeing out of him he's versatile as all hell if we need him in center great if we need him at second even better he's a great defender at second and this is just when we turn the lineup over um and there's a guy on base from the from the 789 guys kike might just knock him in every time at this point so love to see him hope this continues i couldn't agree i think this was like the easiest stud we've had in a while and if andrew didn't pick him i was gonna take him um in the month of April and June, he had three home runs each. Month of May, he had two. In this series, he had three alone. Uh, I don't think this is too much of a shock. Yes, the stadium's a little bit unique, and maybe he didn't have three home runs here. He would have had maybe one or two. But still, you can't hate it. What I like the most about it, outside the home runs and the doubles, no strikeouts. Not one. And that's what's important here. This is someone that struck out quite a bit. Um, in the month of April, May, and June, um, 25% of his strikeouts for the most part. Uh, June really, really struggled. But this month through the month of July, eight strikeouts, 53 at-bats, and that's before today's ball ballgame. Um, so he's actually got only eight punch-outs in, in 57 at-bats. So his strikeout share is going down. The pop is starting to really show up. What can you say bad about this kid? I mean... This is the guy that we went out, and I know that it was kind of a little bit of a surprise when we saw him in the leadoff spot, and it just took three months for him to kind of warm up, and it took a little bit longer than I think anybody really wanted, but this is looking to be a really smart addition during the offseason. I never disliked Kike. Yes, he's frustrating, but I'm really happy with the uh, production so far. 
I'll probably sound a little bit like a broken record here, but I mean, I'm not, I'm still not sold on him as a leadoff hitter. He, he'd had a, a little bit uh, cooler of a start to July versus June. I like him on the team. I, I think he brings a lot of value. He's a 1.4 defensive war guy, a, a 1.8 uh, offensive war guy. So that that's how you get above three. And, and Andrew, when you showed that stat that he was, what, top five in the league right now? Top 25. Oh, top, top 25. 25. My bad, my bad. Um, you know, but one of the top players on the Red Sox, nobody really saw that coming with this signing. It was a late season signing. It was, you know, kind of a complimentary signing. We knew he could play multiple positions and – his outfield defense, as we've pointed out, has just been phenomenal. So I think he's going to stay in the leadoff spot, though. I We're going to, like I said, get into a ton of trade talk. I, there's not a bunch of leadoff type guys jumping out at me on all of the top 20 lists that a lot of the major websites are, are, are publishing. But he's been productive and... You know, he's he's hitting 237 on the year still, but if he's going to drive him in, you know, with this power surge, he's got the most home runs of any Red Sox player since mid-June, which I think is nine at the moment. So, uh, I mean, he, he could hit 30 by the end of the year. He could absolutely be a 30 home run guy, and I didn't see that coming, so... So three home runs this series definitely uh, led the offensive explosion that uh, took place over two games. Charlie, your stud for the series. Uh, my stud was not nearly as loud as Andrew's stud, but still with each game was still able to do uh, what he needed to do in his major at bat. Uh, so I had Rafi Devers. I know he went two for seven. He had a pair of home runs. Um, three runs scored, couple of walks, only one strikeout again. What was really nice was the guys that we're depending on are not striking out, which is really, really good. They're putting the balls into play. They're getting on base. They're doing their job. It's the major strikeouts are coming from the bottom of the lineup. And even those guys, uh, some of them are showing some pop, but, uh, for me, it was Devers. Uh, he did what I, what I want him to do. He's been my guy all season long. And, uh, it's kind of hard to deviate when you, when you do your job and he did it. Yeah, Devers definitely provided the pop that we needed this series. Um, he had an error tonight, but I thought other than that, his defense was actually really, really solid this entire series. I thought, well, both games, I guess, we got robbed of that middle one due to rain. But um, yeah, he's just been an all-around solid guy. And no matter how they shake up this lineup, he's going to hit. And that is the most important thing for this team at this point, just to carry the pitching that can struggle at points. I, there's not too much to say about Devers that hasn't been covered at this, uh, you know, so if he keeps raking, he's in line for a big contract. Once the Witcher comes up, he's also been getting on base quite a bit via the walk. He had a three walk game to wrap up the uh, Yankee series, couple of walks, in this series, the 
the plate discipline has just been absolutely phenomenal. Both hits this series were home runs. <laughs> um, so it's been fun to watch. And he was the only lefty in the lineup tonight. He can't sit him under any circumstances unless it's one of those rest days, which often aggravates me. But but love to see it again. I keep hoping an extension will come out of nowhere, but that that'll probably be dealt with uh, another month, or you know, at any point, uh, you know, between the end of the season and this winter, hopefully. Uh, so can't say uh, enough about Devers. So here we go. We're going to get into honorable mentions here. It's kind of a wonky series because it was only two games, but this is going to this is going to point out the ridiculousness of that stadium. Jaron Duran had one hit the whole series. He played in one game. That was a home run. Devers, both of his hits, his only two hits, both home runs. Hunter Renfro, two for nine on the series. Both of his hits, home runs. Michael Chavis, his he was one for five the whole series. His only hit was a home run. I feel like I'm missing one more in there. Maybe I'm not. And then three out of five. Santana hit a bomb too, didn't he? He did hit a bomb. That might have been the one you were talking about. No, he had two two hits. He had multi, yeah, he yeah. had more than one hit though. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So that that bucks the the trend there, but um, so yeah. it's just kind of a just a ridiculous ballpark, but. Um, we needed the wins badly. Like I said, uh, let's get into some pitching here real quick while we're on honorable mentions. Adam Ottavino had a great series and he scuffled a little bit. He didn't look terrible, but guys were getting on base and he was having some stressful innings coming into this series, but completely lights out. Uh, this time around, especially in game one, he came in for the close. The final two batters he faced, Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he struck them both out. They both swung and missed to struck out. So just absolutely lights out. He wasn't uh, quite as dominant tonight. He did allow a walk in his eighth inning appearance, struck out one, but still a, a solid outing. Nonetheless, you know, you know, what's fun about Adam Ottavino in relation to uh, Sour Mora. Adam Ottavino hasn't given up a single home run this year. He hasn't. I was wondering that earlier. Has he not? Given he has one not up? given up one home run. And I remember like thinking about that the last time I was like, I don't. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've seen him give up a home run in Red Sox uniform. And I had to look back and I was like, holy crap, he hasn't. He has not given up a home run. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure if it's like him being able to disguise his pitches as well as he has. But, I mean, he's put together since his kind of, you know, interesting first month. And it was only because of a couple of bad outings. He's quietly put together one of the best relief seasons I think Boston has had in a long time. I mean, he's consistent as hell. You can ask for nothing more than what he's been able to do. I feel very good when he's going in there. He's got 16 holds 
to date. That's, that's dumb. Ask, yeah, and Barnes has 20 saves. So yeah. Look at there's good. your bridge. There's yeah. your bridge right there. They're doing great. They're doing and Whitlock great. has nine. So at once, and he wasn't even getting used that much at the beginning. Right. So yeah, there's your seven, eight, nine. And Otto's got seven saves to boot. That's the crazy thing. Is your backup closer has seven? That's crazy. And Ottavino was coming off of a bad, shortened 2020 season, 35 years old. And I wasn't overly concerned, but I didn't think he would have a dominant run as the setup guy. Like that wasn't what I was thinking when the that trade, which came out of nowhere, uh, took place. So it's I've been pleasantly surprised and could he be back next year or is this he's going to command a, a lot of money I would think I think he's getting up there in years I that's one of those ones where you might be better off just letting him go I was actually looking at that draft class earlier he was the 06 draft class which was crazy he had Kershaw going top 10 um Lincecum was in there uh trying to think uh, Daniel Bard went right before Ottavino did. It was just a, it was a weird one. The Red Sox also had trade for Andrew Miller, who was in that one too. So they, the Red Sox have benefited greatly from that, from that draft. Yeah, I forget all about Andrew Miller, and he's been pitching, been injured a lot, but pitching for the Cardinals. I just, I'm pleasantly surprised, and I like Ottavino. You hated him when he was a Yankee, but I've just, I really, I'm really glad that that trade happened because again, I figured he would be relevant. He would have a role somewhere. I just didn't think it would be this dominant. Another guy who looked good that had not looked good uh, in several outings, Darwin's in Hernandez. One full inning pitched in the first game. His command was pinpoint. He struck out two batters that inning, so hopefully this will get him back on track. He had a very good month of uh, May into June, and the sticky stuff seemed to be where the kind of coincided with his decline, so I, I didn't know if, if it was directly related to that, but it's good to see him uh, get it together. And then you guys already mentioned Garrett Whitlock. He had one and one-third uh, innings pitch tonight in the final game. Two strikeouts, and his earned run average is down to 134. Yeah, you know, he needs some – there's no chatter for him for AL Rookie of the Year. He needs to be at least top five and has to have his name thrown out there a little bit. It's kind of disrespectful at this point. I, I'm i trying to think. There's, what, uh, the kid on the A's, and I'm not too sure who Walsh. else. Yeah, Jared Walsh. Or, no, that's the Angels. But Oh, my bad. My bad. Um, I don't know. He's a pitch. I can't think of his name. I was looking him up pretty extensively earlier, too. Oh, uh, but, Caprillion, maybe? No? No, oh god, this is okay. coming. Yeah, this don't is worry. Great about podcasting it. by me right now. Yeah, but yeah, no. Whitlock, what more can you ask for? They're gonna they managed his innings earlier this year, uh, and now he's gonna be good to go. Seemingly, no holds barred for the rest of the season. So, an absolute weapon on nights like this where you have to rescue a starter. 
And uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Nick Pavetta scuffled a little bit. He did give up 11 hits over six and two-thirds. Most of that damage was done in the fourth inning, which is where he gave up all four earned runs. Just looked like he might have fell asleep with that big lead, not a ton of pressure, and Toronto strung together some hits. But the only tragic thing is his ERA still 4.37, and it, it feels like he's been much better than that. So... Um, but still not, not a bad outing for Pavetta. And I guess with that, we will flip it over to the duds side of it, which, uh, not a lot to, uh, speak of given the short series and the fact we did sweep, but a couple of notable guys. So Andrew, go ahead. Who's your dud for the series? Yeah, this this part always sucks when they win all the games. But for me, it had to be Xander. Every single time that there's an offensive explosion, there's one guy that doesn't get in on the fun. That was him yesterday. And today, looked like he almost ripped a absolute monster dong down the left field line, but it went foul. And, yeah, so he ended up hitless for the series. So I, I had to give it to him. Sucks. Not going to see him in this spot too much. But, yeah, he he had to catch the L on this. I agree. Uh, this is, again, the easiest dud, too. And I was going to say, I'm going to take him if, if he doesn't get him. And uh, I don't remember the last series that Xander was in this entire season where he didn't get a single hit. I had to go back, and it was in late May when he was facing Miami, and he went 0 for 7. So while it sucked to see him get it, it's it's been like a recurring theme where if there's guys on base he doesn't do as much work when there's nobody on base he has a little bit more fun but the whole month of july he's been struggling he's hitting almost he's hitting actually over 110 average points lower now than he was in june june he was hitting 347 this month he's hitting just over 230 so i don't expect that to be a number that he's going to be at for the rest of the season. I know he'll fix that, but like, this is a weird kind of like lully period where it's just, it's not clicking and he's striking out. Not that many times he's not drawing. Um, he's drawing like a, 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 I guess a decent number of walks, not many. Um, it's just like, it, I don't know if he's not seeing the ball well right now, um, but coming close and not getting it because if you, if certain players in your team are ripping, and you're not, it looks a little odd. So I'd love to just call this an outlier series and just leave it at that. He actually did not strike out at all this series. Did not record one strikeout in nine at-bats. So um, they were all contact outs. And he has been slipping a little bit, like you said. And it ironically, it kind of does coincide with those quotes he had about whether or not he would opt out and what his mindset was about his contract status and he has needed some some days off whether that was due to fatigue I think he hinted towards uh, an injury I think it was uh, earlier in the month second week of July or something like that but so there, there could be some some health things going on, but he's certainly not looking good coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, go ahead, 
Charlie, you're dud for the series. So mine for this one, um, I went with someone who I was really hoping wasn't going to be the case because it seemed like things were going great and things were flying high. Seems like everybody is all of a sudden, if you're a pitcher, you're starting to figure your stuff out. And Garrett Richards was in that category until the sixth inning. And then the wheels fell off and it was like Garrett Richards of old. Um, could not go six innings. Uh, pitched into the sixth, which is nice. Um, but he's done the same thing, four straight appearances, get into the either fifth, sixth inning, and then kind of, as Jason would say, throw up on your shoes. Um, the three home runs was not fun considering he'd only, he hadn't given up any, uh, so far in the month of July. Um, but I kind of, it, it, it pains me because what would have happened if he had played against Toronto in Toronto, would he have given up three bombs? I don't know. Um, but I just, I don't like that you can't go six innings as a starter in the rotation and you have not done so since the beginning of June and haven't given quality starts in back-to-back appearances since mid-May. So I know I'm probably standing on Lonely Island here with this one, but I just... I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get on the Garrett Richards uh, hype train. I just can't do it. Um, I get nervous every single time he pitches. This was the game before the whole rainout series, uh, rainout game happened. I thought they were going to lose. Uh, I thought they were going to win two out of three. I called it two wins and one loss, and I thought this was going to be the loss. Um, Thank God that uh, the Red Sox bats came alive because uh, this could have gotten ugly really quickly. Yeah, I'm a hard disagree on this one. I just had a different mindset coming out of this game. Um, and Cora did, too, after the game. He said uh, that Richards was amazing. He was great, pounded the strike zone. We love what we saw. Uh, he's redefining himself on, on the absolute fly, and this is unprecedented. We've never seen a guy just come out and flat out say, I have to be a new pitcher. And he had the whole all-star break to um, – to try to work this out. And I know Terry and I disagreed on this. I really wanted to see Richards tonight uh, against the Blue Jays because I thought they'd present more of a challenge than the Yankees would. And I was happy with what I saw for the five and two thirds. And then the wheels definitely came off. It can happen with this lineup. Um, He left a couple of hangers and they absolutely punished him. Like they're going to do to any pitcher. uh, That's not, you know, one of the top two in your rotation, but uh, just a quick stat from Julian McWilliams. He threw more sliders, 29, than four seamers tonight, 27. He also threw 20 change-ups, a pitch he just learned two weeks ago. So if he can hone in this talent, and we saw that change-up look pretty good, they might be able to just salvage him for the rest of the regular season, not have to worry about bringing anyone up or spot starts, or him burning seven in seven innings of uh, relievers after only going two. And then he's in the bullpen for the playoffs if they make it. And depending on what, you know, what seed they're in and you just go down to a three man rotation or whatever you have to do. Uh, as long as you can eat the innings and not cost them games. I, I'm all, I'm all for it. Uh, so I, I see where you're coming from, and I knew that we were going to disagree. Like, I walked in knowing if I talk about Garrett Richards, I know that you like him. Uh, That's totally fine. That's good. I like variety. Um, I really don't think it matters who 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr. faces, he's going to give you a quality at bat. He's probably going to make you look silly. Uh, he, he He's going to make a lot of people look silly. Um, he, I mean, the sixth inning started off great. Like, he had the first two outs, and then it was the wheels fell off very fast because he threw five straight balls. One of them, uh, maybe two were questionable. And sometimes pitcher get pitcher will get those calls. Sometimes they won't. But the fastball that he threw was right down the pipe. And then uh, the same thing with uh, the home run to uh, Hernandez. A couple pitches later, he threw a fastball in there. He didn't rip a fastball. He ripped the slider. And it was, again, literally pipeline, like right down the middle. Um, and that's the thing. He, was, he wasn't always getting burned uh, right down the plate. And I think that's what saved him. But I think had Toronto done a little bit more damage early on when he was throwing pitches down the pipe, I think this game could have gotten a lot closer than we would have wanted um, because that was just two mistakes down the line, uh, right down the pipe that uh, they nailed. And I think it was after they'd seen him once in the road, you know, one time they made the adjustments and they made it count uh, or, or third time they, they made the adjustments, they made it count. That's, that's my concern because I feel like that's that's what Garrett Richards does is batters are making those adjustments the second, third time around, and then they're making them pay for it, and it sucks because three pitches to get the first two outs. And I was like, oh, what? this is going to be a fast inning. We're going to be done in two minutes. And then I, I ate my words, and I immediately had to shut myself up because then I saw two home runs go out of the park. So um, I get where you're coming from. I respect it. Uh, I, I don't hate it. I, I actually – do appreciate that you know uh alex core did say what he said it just it makes me nervous when you throw that many pipeline shots right literally right in that perfect middle square you know i wonder if halk wasn't throwing tomorrow if richards would have even seen that sixth inning or if we would have seen halk um six seven maybe even eight and then barnes something like that or actually not even barnes at that point because it would have been close someone else well, I mean, I wanted Hulk to pitch tonight because I thought he would give us the best chance to win. Richards, to me, is a wild card. And um, for, what was it, five and two-thirds, he, he pitched really well and then couldn't get that last out. I just wonder, I feel like we're beating this to death every episode because it's hard to interpret what this rotation is really going to look like a month from now and, and who the odd man out is going to be. And right now I would probably say that that's Martin Perez. I think the confidence in him is a lot lower. He gets the hook a lot faster, especially when the third time of the order comes through, he seems to lose confidence in himself even at times. So I don't think he's in the highest of graces, but Richards, to me, is a wild card going down the stretch. Once teams get used to this new changeup and, and there's a little bit more tape on him, how effective is he going to be? And he's done nothing but prove me wrong all year long. So, you know, at face value, I guess I, I can't worry too much about it. But I'm just wondering, though, could the Red Sox possibly put him in a trade? and just kind of sell him while he's sellable right now. I mean, we're not going to, whoever the odd man out is, isn't going to net us a huge haul regardless. But 
we've got a lot of bodies in this rotation, and I'm just wondering if if Richards can end July on a high note, maybe he gets moved. They'd probably have to eat his money, and it would be to a contender. I just don't know what contender would look at that question mark that he is and want to invest in that. Because at the end of the day, Dave Bush is probably putting in a lot of hours too. I, You know, you're going to move a guy. You'd be move, making a trade for a guy that's trying to reinvent himself while working with different, uh, with the different staff. So I, I just don't think it would be feasible to ask him to come to a new team and then work with their pitching coach who might not be as good as Dave Bush and continue his development. I think it, it it's it's a big hypothetical, but if if he were to be moved, I think it would be to a National League team at this point, so we wouldn't have to deal with it. Until- I, you know what? I'm not going to lie. The thought came across earlier um, for the Padres who have definitely had some injuries and had a need for pitching and they, they have the book on him and they moved him to the bullpen last year. So who knows that there was an article. I don't, I don't know if it was Kevin AC that said that they were going to be looking for pitching, but familiarity that they sure have it. The Dodgers, too, because Trevor Bauer likely done for at least the rest of this year and maybe for the rest of his life. But um, they could have a need for a starter as well. And that's weird because I think a lot of people are looking at them as a favorite to at least go to the World Series on that side. And they've ha- they've been bitten by the injury bug bad this year. They lost Dustin May basically right out of the gates and I don't think Gonzalez has really worked out as well as they would like. Kershaw is out until at least mid-August, so they're yeah, that was through August, through the end of August. Is that what you're hearing? That's what I thought I saw the other day, okay. and I was going to ask you: Is so Price is going to? He's back in their rotation, right? I haven't actually looked at it. I'm pulling up him right now. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that. I haven't looked either. That's um, kind of crazy. Who would have thought? <laughs> but th- that is a team that could use it. And I don't – a National League team makes sense because I don't think we're going to be afraid of Garrett Richards if we do end up going to the World Series and then facing him. So I don't think it's going to haunt us that way. And it's in the – it could be in the National League. So – um, I, I don't know. I just something unforeseen will happen in the next couple of weeks that that we're going to be like, and it, it might not be pitching related. It might be lineup related. I, I have no idea, but I just think Bloom is gonna gonna pull off some type of move, and there's gonna be a player involved, and and we're gonna be like, wow, really? Look at that. So I I don't know, but. For the listening audience, we're going to be getting into trade deadline stuff on the Deep Dives episode. That will be out 24 hours after this episode. So that will be your Friday morning commute when that one is available. So we're going to be talking tons of rotation, probably some bullpen, and and definitely some potential um, position player acquisitions Uh, first base outfield 
what have you. But uh, yeah, so not really a ton to get into here with uh, Dishonorables. I mean, pitching across the board was pr pretty good. I can't really knock anybody. I have everybody. I, I have a column. The audience can't see it, but... I have the honorable side and the dishonorable side, and I put everybody on the honorable side. Even even Garrett Richards, Charlie. I was like, well, five and two-thirds, he was solid enough for, for that long. But, um, but yeah, so I guess we can go ahead and get into the Yankees series. Two-game set here, so we kind of blew right through it. Uh, Tanner Houck is pitching tomorrow in the Thursday matchup. Pulling them up right now. And he will be against Jordan Montgomery, who was the one pitcher we did beat in the previous series over the weekend. So it's not a matter, to me, it's not a matter of who who I think will necessarily win that. I just want to see a, a good performance from Tanner Houck in a very high-profile matchup. Yeah, I, the Yankees are heavily uh, right-handed, just like what we saw tonight. Um, I'm excited to watch him, and I was, damn it, the Yankees literally just won. I was hoping they'd go long. They went into extras against the Phillies tonight, uh, so we might not have to face too much of that bullpen, but... Yeah, this is, a, this is a big one for Halk. He didn't go far in any of his rehab starts in uh, Worcester. I don't think he threw more than 60, 70 pitches. It's going to be a lot of maneuvering after he comes out of the game. So hopefully he can make it through five because that's going to be our best bet. You think he'll only go five minutes? I don't think they would throw him for more than 80 to 90 pitches. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I, I think that's possible too. I, although, oh my gosh, would it be nice to see him just like unload? Because I I saw this uh, matchup, I saw the second matchup, and then the third and fourth, and I'm like, oh my god, I think we have a chance to do really well in this series. Uh, I I still have Hauk winning the first one. Um, he hasn't had the fortune this year so far, not like last year, uh, and I really want to believe that <laughs> this could be his series where he actually lights up and does really well. Um, it wouldn't completely surprise me to see them give a little bit more than 50 because I'd love to see him go more than four or five innings to start, but I understand why they'd be cautious there too. I'm obviously, I mean, we've only dropped two games against them all year long. We just got a good look at Montgomery. He's not overpowering. So I'm going to, I'm going to put the Red Sox in the win category for game one. Game two, this is these middle games two and three are basically rematches from the previous series, I believe. No, actually, they're not. No, Garrett Cole versus Eduardo Rodriguez. I think Evoldi faced him. So this is kind of a new matchup, but it's almost ace versus ace. Some people would say Evoldi's the, definitely the ace, but can the Red Sox string together some runs against Garrett Cole this time? I don't love the matchup. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, 
I'm interested to see the corresponding moves. This could be Franchi Cordero's first time back in the lineup since he hit that bomb against Philly because all signs point to him coming up tomorrow, but I doubt they'd give him a start against a lefty. Uh, you, I think we might see a left-handed heavy lineup on Friday, and it's Garrett Cole. If he's got it on like he's had his last two outings, there's not much you can do about that. Uh, I'm I'm not super confident in this one. I'm not either. It's Garrett Cole. And uh, considering what he did last time out, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't fun. And I didn't enjoy a moment of it. Um, except for the fact that I was like, wow, he's got almost double digits. Now he has double. Di- now he's past it. Now he's almost at a dozen. Um, uh, that was really the start that as soon as I saw him, do what he did. I was like, all right, got it. So they're back on something. That's basically what happened. I saw that and I thought, okay, cool. Let's see how the other pitchers pan out. And everyone is starting to reinvent themselves or figure it out. And I, I do think that there's probably some, something silly happening. Um, but I don't, I don't like the cold start either. So after the first two, I think we split. Well, I mean, Rodriguez has been pretty dominant against them in 11 and two-thirds innings. These are his two recent starts, one of which was uh, June 27th and then um, last weekend. Uh, 11 and two-thirds innings, he's given up seven hits and only two earned runs and actually had a one-hitter over the weekend until that final uh, sixth inning where he was pulled out. So he's coming off of a dominant start. He's mixing his pitches better than he has all season long. So I feel okay about this matchup. I think the team that gets ahead early will probably be the team that ends up winning the game. It's in Fenway. So I think that plays a little bit better. Hopefully the Fenway crowd will give uh, Garrett Cole a little, a little bit of hell. Not that that will necessarily phase him, but... Um, How's the weather looking out there this weekend? I have not checked. You guys have had absolute crap weather from all my group chats from back east. Everyone is just complaining every weekend. Two days of rain. Wash out. Yeah, well, two, that sounds hard for the course. Yeah, two days of rain, uh, at least allegedly. Uh, there's 40% chance of... Thunderstorms on Friday and Sunday. Thursday and Saturday will both be sunny for the most part, 80 degrees. All right, so we're all in agreement that if the Red Sox have a lead, we should just call the game on Friday, right? Just give it right back to them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would seriously. only be fair, and we won't even uh, assault their players with any blunt objects either. Um, oh, yeah, don't, let, don't, don't get me going. I'm going to mute myself right now. I'm showing Sunday just a 35% chance of rain. So that's that's a little far away. And uh, Friday's a, a 34% chance. So uh, if all goes well, and th- this could all be in the morning, actually. Chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon on Friday. So that's when that weather's going to hit. And then sunday showers in the morning then cloudy in the afternoon so this could work out in favor um you know of the start times of the games but yeah so uh the let's see saturday matchup that's nathan evaldi and uh i'm on the weather page who's evaldi facing that he's facing Tyone. 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 Yeah. Okay. 
who basically shut us down for five or six innings this weekend. So hopefully the Red Sox can do what the rest of the league has been doing to him uh, over the course of the year. But it's it's Nathan Avoldi. He owns that team. So yeah, um, Tyone's actually been spinning it really well lately. Uh, in July, he's been. Pr- elite he's got a 1.47 era in three games two of those are wins so he he's kind of found himself over the last three starts hopefully going on the road in fenway it's a little hostile uh doesn't get comfortable but i i think this has our best chance for for like a two to one pitching uh pitching duel you're on mute charlie Thank you. I, I don't know. I, oh God, it's old age. Um, I I will say this. I can't go against um, Evaldi. I just can't do it. He's just absolutely destroyed New York. And, of course, there could always be that first game where it doesn't happen. I just I won't do it. I think after the third series, we're still up 2-1, to one, uh, and we, we don't lose control of the series. So that's me foreshadowing the last uh, call, too. I just feel really good about this. I think the Red Sox lineup owes Evaldi one for after stiffing him on all those runs. So hopefully, hopefully the lineup steps it up and we come away with a win in that one. The final game of the series on Sunday, which is a one ten start, mercifully for us, uh, we won't be starting after a late ESPN game. But that is Domingo Herman versus Martin Perez. We have absolutely destroyed Herman quite a bit over the last uh, few years and certainly this season. So hopefully this is just one of those starts where Perez doesn't have that second inning meltdown. If he can get past that, the Red Sox should put up some runs on Herman, I would think. This has like 12 to 8. 13 to nine written all over it. I, whoever, whoever scores the last run is going to win this game because we're going over 20 runs this game. I, and I feel so confident about that. There's going to be home home run after home run. I, yeah, this is going to be a bloodbath for both pitchers. I mean, I said it yeah, foreshadowing. I didn't think we were going to lose after uh, the third one. And I don't think we're going to lose the last one either. I feel really good about it too. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a good day to be a Red Sox fan. You know, it sucks to be a Yankees fan right now. It's really sucked to be a Yankees fan all season. So I have a feeling, uh, this is probably going to be a split and I would take that to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying split too. That's kind of my feeling here. Wow, seriously? I'm the positive one and you guys are being Nancy's about this? All right, cool. <laughs> I can't wait to be right for a fifth straight series and I pray to God that we don't lose the first one because then I'll be so really screwed. I, splits aren't the worst thing. If we That's split true. All That's worst August, case. If we split all August with this murderer's row of teams we're facing, I, I'd be so happy. I will say this much. I will say if we can get two, that's baseline. If we, you can't get two, that sucks. That's bad three is is really good for me and four is just out of the park so I'll, I'm, I'm happy with three although two is completely feasible i'm i'm feeling this could be a three spot 
Well, that would be nice because the Yankees, with their win tonight against the Phillies, are seven games back of the division lead. I think that still puts them uh, right in the hunt for the wild card, if not in it. Who does Tampa have this coming uh, this weekend? I'm not sure. We're no, we're two series after that, so. Um, but with the Yankees, though, real quick, this series could determine literally the rest of their season because this this game takes us through July 26th. The deadline is that the 30th or the 31st? I keep seeing different things. Friday's, 31st. So we're 10 days away tonight. So it's going to be on a Saturday then. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I know we're te- I know we're 10 days away today. Okay. All right, I thought it might have been bumped up to Friday. I know one year they moved it to August 1st, but um but anyway, that's if the Yankees drop 3 games, they're sellers. I think at the deadline. I don't see how they can be buyers at this point. So, a very pivotal uh excuse me, very pivotal series for them. Yeah, that that was one of the reasons I didn't mind losing like one of those extra games to them over their you know last couple of days, because if they got some sort of false hope, because they're not good, and blew their load on like a Joey Gallo or someone else, that's not going to help them in the long run. That would not be the worst case scenario for this Red Sox team, because I have zero concerns. I'm more concerned about the uh, the Blue Jays than I am the Yankees. Yeah, I I. I definitely can can feel that one too because of the offensive onslaught that toronto has in relation to new york as far as the rotation goes outside of garrett cole i'm not scared and i think that tampa or that toronto is just a scary team in general now that springer's back you have that lineup it's it's scary uh and if they all get hot at once you could see blowout city game after game and toronto won't have to worry about pitching because they'll be getting 10 runs a game so I'm I'm there. I'm there with you, pal. Yeah, and they're they need pitching more than anything. So this Joey Gallo talk is is hilarious to me. They they need at least one more number two, number three guy to plug in there behind Garrett Cole. I haven't seen any Corey Kluber updates. I think he's still slated to be back by no later than uh, September, but they're gonna they're gonna blow it one way or the other. Even if the Red Sox let them back into this to to have them be buyers, I think Toronto's gonna be smart enough out of the two of those teams to definitely pursue the pitching and and give themselves a, a good chance to make a run at least out of wild card, if not the division. So. Anyway, we will wrap with this next episode. Deep Dives again 24 hours after this one will be available. That's strictly trade talk. That's all we're going to discuss the whole episode. So tune in for that. Everybody have a good Thursday. Take care.